Would you please stand as you are able for the reading of today's scripture? These are words from the Apostle Paul in the letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others who do not have, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds, together with them, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. A different understanding of hope. Hope is one of the three Christian virtues, right? Faith, hope, and love. We learn that from the same writer, Paul, in 1 Corinthians. The Bible has a lot to say about faith and a lot to say about love. And so we can talk about that a little more freely. Hope is a little harder to define, isn't it? And I think part of the reason hope is hard to get our minds around is that hope is the only one of those three Christian virtues that is solely focused on the future. Once we obtain or once we experience that for which we hope, it's no longer hope. <laughs> so hope is necessarily always off in the future. Hope is important to us as human beings and hope is important to us as followers of Jesus. Hope is what keeps our heads lifted up and our eyes looking forward. No matter what life brings, no matter what the world looks like, no matter what the situation we find ourselves in, hope is what keeps us looking up. Tom Bodet, the American author and humorist, said, um, they say a person needs just three things to be truly happy in this world. Someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. I think he's right about that. What do you hope for? What do you hope for? What are some things you're hoping for? Not all at once, please. Well. Sleep. sleep, yes. After the lock-in, some sleep. To get better at my flute. To get better at playing the flute in the band. Hope for another dog, okay. That the nutcracker that you dance in will go well. Very good. We all hope for things, right? Hope to get in college you want to get into? Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you hope for? Where in your life do you need some hope right now? I've shared with y'all before, when I was little, I hoped to be big. And ever since I've been big, I've hoped to be not quite so big. But that doesn't seem to work out either. I hope to get an education. I hope to be a preacher. And every time I graduated, it was a hope fulfilled. And when I was ordained a deacon and then an elder in the United Methodist Church, it was a hope fulfilled. Those hopes guided my journey and guided the decisions I made from an early age in my life. That's what hope can do for us. Today our text is from what many consider to be the earliest writing in the New Testament. The letters to the Thessalonians were written somewhere around the year 49 and 50. Think about that. 49 or 50. The Christian faith is brand new. Jesus has only been gone for less than 20 years. They're figuring this out. And they remember that when Jesus died and was resurrected and ascended into heaven, that the last word was, the angels said to those, why are you staring into heaven? This same Jesus will come again in like manner. And they all believed that meant soon. That all those people who were there at that time would be there when Jesus came back. So as 10 years goes by and 15 years goes by, people who believe in Jesus start to die. Do you see why they'd have such a concern about those people? What's going to happen to them? They're not going to be here when Jesus comes back. They were grieving and they were worried about those people that they loved so much. What's going to happen to them? So Paul writes this wonderfully strange passage about the second coming of Jesus. He begins it with the words, I would not have you be uninformed. Some translations say, would not have you be ignorant of what happens to those who have died while waiting for Jesus' return. Why? I'm writing, he says, so that you do not grieve like those who have no hope. It's important to realize Paul is not saying Christian people don't grieve. He is saying we grieve, but we do not grieve as people who have no hope. And he says we find our hope in the fact that Jesus died and rose again. In the resurrection of Jesus, we know that when we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus into life. And we follow Jesus through death. And we follow Jesus into New life beyond death. We don't have to worry about those who have gone before us. Paul says that we find a hope in the belief that Jesus died and rose again. That God will bring us all together 
in new life with God. So he tells them not to worry. Those who have died are not going to miss out. In fact, he even says, they got head start. <laughs> Do you hear those words? The dead in Christ will rise first. Then the rest of us will catch up with them. And together, we'll be with the Lord forever. Isn't that a powerful image? God has not forgotten the people who have gone before us in death. And Paul is saying, if God is that careful and loving and caring for those people who have gone before us in death, think of how hopeful you can be about the love and care God has for those of us who are here, who are grieving the loss of loved ones, grieving the loss of dreams, grieving the loss of those things that weigh us down and try to take away our hope. Paul says, always remember Jesus died and lived again. That is your hope. These words give hope because it tells us that death is not the end. Gives us hope because it tells us that the dead are not forgotten. That death does not end our relationship with God. And death does not end our relationship with those we love. Death does not have the last word. Love wins. That's why this passage gives us hope. Our hope is grounded in knowing that the future belongs to God. Our hope is grounded in the fact that when the present moment looks anything but hopeful, it's God who's still going to bring everything together someday. It's God who's going to write the ending of your story and my story and the story of this whole world. Our hope is grounded in the fact that it is God who loves us through everything life can bring and even beyond what life can bring. You know, if we stop reading at verse uh, 18 where we did, we miss really important word from Paul. We miss the whole point of the story. This is one of those places in the Bible where we really suffer from the fact we added chapters and verses and break it up the way we do. If you continue reading what we call chapter 5, it's very interesting. Paul says the people who put their faith in the, and hope in the resurrection of Jesus don't look for days and times and schemes of how Jesus is going to return. They don't need that. Listen to these words. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Whether we are dead or alive, whether we are awake or asleep, 
We will live with him. As a boy, I remember in our church, there was a lot of interest in the second coming for a while there. And I can remember my dad being asked a question about it. And the more time that I've spent across the years studying the scriptures, the more I realize how he was right in line with Paul in his answer. When is Jesus going to, how is Jesus going to come? Who's going to go first and who's going to do this? And my dad just looked at us and said, Jesus comes every day for thousands of people. Paul is telling us it's not whether Jesus is going to come, if Jesus is going to come, when Jesus is come, how Jesus is going to come. The point is, Jesus is going to come and are we ready? Are we living right now? Like this is the day. Because if we do that, all the details don't matter. And if we live like that, other people figure out God loves them too. And in a world that needs hope so desperately, we are the light of hope. We tell people through that kind of living that no matter what life brings, love wins. God's not forgotten a person, living or dead. God is still caring for people, living or dead. And whatever the greatest grief of our life, we grieve, but not without hope. Because we believe in a God who one day will bring all things together and make it right. Frederick Beekner, my favorite writer, as you know, and theologian, put it this way. For Christians... Hope is ultimately hope in Christ. The hope that he really is what for centuries we have been claiming he is. The hope that despite the fact that sin and death still rule the world, he somehow conquered them. The hope that in him and through him all of us stand a chance of somehow conquering them too. The hope that at some unforeseeable time, and in some unimaginable way, he will return with healing in his wings. That's the Christian understanding of hope. That's the kind of hope we can trust our lives to. Thanks be to God for the hope grounded in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.